Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Okay, moms and dads, grandfathers and grandmothers out there, especially if you have a, a daughter or a granddaughter, here's my question for you as we dive into another Theology Thursday with our friends at uh, BJU, uh, Bob Jones University, as well as BJU Seminary. At what age are you going to throw your daughters out there to become chew toys for young men? At what age is it okay for you for them to start dating and go out there and essentially, as a youth pastor once said to my kids, uh, practice divorce? I like you. I don't like you. I dump you. I replace you. I like you. I don't like you. I dump you. I replace you. This is uh, we had the we had the purity movement. We had the no dating movement. That was Josh Harris, uh, who later uh, renounced his faith. And uh, most likely is living a homosexual lifestyle at this point. I'm not sure, but that's probably most likely what's going on. And he was all about, about remember the book? All, all of my fellow legalistic homeschool friends out there, of which my wife and I were definitely in that crowd for a while, Kiss Dating Goodbye. Remember that one? Uh, and so that was all about, hey, man, you don't date until you're ready to get married. And once you date, you date for marriage. You don't date just to check it out or, or uh, practice or whatever. You stay away from that. That's just the wrong thing to do. And it's the problem of dating, which does that necessarily then lead into a problem with marriage. Well, the curmudgeon whose idea it was to come in and ruin everybody's uh, foots, footloose, fancy, free, laissez-faire lifestyle when it comes to dating is none other than Renton Rathman from Bob Jones <laughs> University and the Center for Biblical Worldview down there who's uh, become a dear friend and, and we appreciate you Renton. I'm always going to throw you a curveball but it's great to see you. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be here and talk about this. So you have a daughter so at some point uh, when will she be allowed to date? Um, it, it depends. I think when she's rolling around 40, we'll let her out of the basement <laughs> and Excellent. she'll be fine. All right. That's a funny answer. What's your real answer? I guess my real answer would be that there has to be a maturity in her that isn't necessarily an age yeah. per se, yeah. but a way of getting her to think about what marriage is supposed to be so she knows what dating is not supposed to be. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that that's kind of where we're going to go, the title today, the problem of dating and marriage. And so are we going to kind of try to, uh, well, let's, let's, uh, this will be like a, a, a blind date. Let's set them up. What happens in dating sets you up for marriage? Is that is that kind of where we're going? And as we look at dating, does it then begin to blur the lines and some points that you sent in an email? Does it does it kind of mess us up when it comes to like the authority that we that we can learn from Scripture, the authority in the family, the authority in the church, the authority of Scripture itself? Uh, how do we begin to kind of unpack this? So I'm a strong believer that there has been a problem in the dating world especially in the church, I don't mean in a local church, but in the uh, church of Christ, for a long time, ever since we started to believe that marriage is designed to, to, to allow my pleasures to be, to be released, um, that I'm able to find pleasure in the person that I'm going to marry, and marriage is for my pleasure. Now, we would never say that on a quiz, of course. Right, of course. 
because um, that sounds terrible. But when you really think about what's drawing people together in dating, it mimics what they're seeing on the silver screen. It mimics what they're hearing in their earbuds. And that's the, that's the feeling they're looking for. And so they place this expectation and their fantasies on a person to fulfill those fantasies and those expectations. And when the person fails because they're human and not, you know, yeah. whatever you're imagining, um, then we start really questioning if we ever really love them at all. Mm. Well, and that's where you hear that in, uh, in some cases, a divorce. And I'd like to think this is more secular than inside the body, which is, you know, I fell out of love with you. I just don't love you anymore. You're not meeting my needs, whatever. Uh, coincidentally, last week, uh, the Noble family, the youngest member, will be 19 on December 27th. So it's not like we're a bunch of little kids. Uh, watched together as a family, had a hearty laughs. <clears throat> and we watched Jerry Maguire with uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Renee Zellweger. Now, there's two lines in there that most of us remember that have seen the movie. One is, of course, show me the money. And the other one is, you complete me. And I think that's perhaps what it sounds like that uh, we go into a marriage thinking the other person is going to complete us. And the way you're describing it, what the, what the, you know, going to satisfy our desires and, and give us what we want, blah, 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 blah. It, all, uh, it almost sounds kind of uh, hedonistic. Yeah, yeah it's, it's placing myself as the authority of what marriage is going to look like, what it's going to be. And what it does is it exposes the fact that a lot of young men, particularly, and I'm and I'm blaming the young men, and I know that I get in trouble for beating up young men um, and not blaming the girls, but this is where leadership, you know, this is where leadership begins. It begins with the buck stopping with you, and so I see a lot of young men um, having no ability to submit to the authority of their own home to be able to submit to the authority of their church. And then we're all surprised when they can't understand the authority structure of a family when they get married. Yeah. And so, and so they end up being their wife's oldest son. <laughs> Boy, that sounds really inviting. <laughs> yeah. So women marrying boys. Yes. And we live in a culture where, where remaining a boy is actually encouraged and even looked up to. I mean, you you think about all the, the famous actors out there who are men that people think are manly, like Ryan Reynolds, um, who every you know is very funny. Everyone loves Ryan Reynolds. Um, you know, he's a muscular guy, yeah. he's a superhero, but at the same time, he's a child, and we think it's wonderful. Why do you think Ryan Reynolds is a child? <laughs> well, in his in his movies, he always is his the the sympathetic part of him is always doing things that are against authority, immature, silly. Yeah. And when we look at that, we we love it because it's funny, but it, we also revere it as men. Yes. <clears throat> um because we're always longing to go back to being a child. <laughs> and Are you going to be talking so about this at Bob Jones University? Yes, I am. On Monday, we um, I'm going to be speaking in chapel, and we're going to talk about this. And oh, then we have a Worldview Collective. Perfect. We're going to have the students ask questions. Excellent. We're talking to Rent and Rappin. This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back to wreck your kids' dating. 
How appropriate. We have some really sly Motown music on as we're talking about dating with Renton Rathbun from Bob Jones University, the Center for Biblical Worldview down there. And uh, Renton, always great to see you. Thanks for your time. And we're having uh, trying to, not to have too much fun talking about this subject. Uh, <laughs> but dating uh, with our sons and daughters, okay, it's not just lock the girls away, but at what point is a young man even capable with his uh, prefrontal cortex not fully developing until he's 25 before that. And I'll say this to my students in classes that I teach, Renton, and you might say it in chapel next Monday. Uh, most guys 25 and under, especially teenage boys, are essentially puppy dogs. They, they don't think that that's the prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that considers consequences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can imagine that. Uh, <laughs> what might happen if I do X, Y, and Z? <clears throat> and so I'm like, so basically they're like a bunch of puppy dogs. And you know how puppy dogs mm-hmm. are. Their, their paws are too big for them and they run around. They crash into stuff. They don't know what they're doing and they don't have any self-control. And I said, so whenever a teenage boy does something stupid and and you ask them, what were you thinking? You do know the answer, don't you? The answer is nothing. They weren't thinking. Uh, And so you factor all that in as well uh, into dating. But you mentioned early and and you mentioned this right before we finished the break, which I appreciate. Uh, Wisdom is hard. Mm -hmm. The way of wisdom is difficult because you're you said we want a template, which is why books on dating sell for Christian parents. But there might not necessarily be a template. It might not be 16 or 18 or 20, right? Is that kind of where we're going? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, when you, th- when you think about what the actual problem is, and, I, and I've been thinking about this a lot because, you know, I just married off one of my sons, um, and then now I have, you know, a seven- and an eight-year-old um, that's coming up. And so I'm thinking, you know, what – what is it that we as Christian Americans have come to believe about what dating is? And what, what have we as Christian Americans come to believe that marriage is? And what I find is that we have gone so far away from authority structures that we have now tried to make dating work in a world where no one is acknowledging or disciplining themselves to the authority that's already above them. Mm. And so what I find is a lot of young men do not have discipline in their life. And and you have Jordan Peterson coming out with a book saying, hey, make your bed every morning. And people think that's amazing. And, <laughs> and it is. But, you know, what he's what Jordan Peterson is getting to is the same thing everyone's noticing is that young men are not disciplined. But what is discipline? Well, discipline is learning how to submit myself to the authority structures that are in place that I ought to obey. Mm. And every movie that's coming out is screaming at our kids that authority structures are evil. Yes. Social media is telling all our kids that you should always doubt every institution that is above you because they're always corrupt. And then they're saying, don't believe your parents. They're good people, but they don't understand anything. And and church is just something we do, uh, you know, at the end of the week. It certainly doesn't have authority in my life. Right. I don't. I certainly shouldn't answer to my church. And then we expect our kids to be disciplined enough to understand the authority structure that Scripture commands of us in marriage. And if if we don't even acknowledge that, then the dating is going to default to who is going to satisfy the fantasy that I have in my mind about what love should be. Yeah. 
and I'm going to place all my expectations on another person and they better come through. Otherwise they don't love me or I don't really love them. Yeah. Which then you're undermining the marriage before you even start it. Yes. It's I can't before I do. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, and like you said, dating becomes this preparation for divorce. Right. Yeah. Which is just brutal. And that then that's why we look at that and go, well, I, you know, what does a good marriage look like? Is it <clears throat> Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively? Is it Clay Travis and whichever Kardashian he's married to? I mean, not Clay Travis, Clay uh, Barker from uh, Blink-182, the drummer that's like tatted. His eyebrows are probably tatted. Oh, that guy, yeah. Uh, and he's married to a Kardashian, you know, because you see all these stuff on social media. Uh, and it really becomes about, and isn't that dating? That's why I started by saying, I like you, I don't like you, I dump you, I replace you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> isn't that what we drag, based on what you're saying, dating, we're just basically going out and, and looking for something to satisfy ourselves. There's nothing other focused about it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, uh, love me as myself. Yes. No, love your neighbor. <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> it's right. not about what you can take. It's about what you can give. But the world doesn't really jive with that perspective. No. Well, and that's just the thing. We we keep treating, and this is the thing, we're so expectant that everyone is going to go into marriage already not knowing love. We always tell people, well, marriage is a lot of work. Marriage right. is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And it's like, it is a lot of work because we keep making the same mistakes over and over. And people are, our children are going into marriage with the wrong expectations, the wrong understanding of what marriage is, and then it becomes a lot of work. I mean, it's already a lot of work when you right. know what it is, but then when you're surprised by work, I mean, that that should have been one of C.S. Lewis's books, Surprised by Work, <laughs> and, call it, and call it a marriage book. Because well, you tie we, two sinners together and stick them in an apartment, there's going to be a problem. <laughs> that's right. And, and especially when the expectation is, and, and no one wants to talk about this, how is this person going to make me happy? Yeah. I mean, like you said, you complete me. And if you're not completing me, then you're failing. Bye-bye. If you're not making me happy, you're failing. Right. And so we we have this, this expectation that's never going to be met by a human being. Never. And and so how then do we prepare? And I And I put the onus on young men. How do we prepare young men to approach young ladies in the dating world. I mean, that's the question that I would pose to our Christian families. What are we doing? What, what ought we to do in order to get them ready for a dating life? Yeah. So when we, when we come back, since we've poked enough holes in this ship, uh, we'll start to repair them or perhaps we just chuck that ship and we put a whole new one out to sea. So, (laughs) so when we come back, let's talk about it. What is a Christian approach, a good, healthy Christian approach to dating and uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to give you a hard line in the sand. At For a girl, it's this age. For a guy, it's that age. <clears throat> uh, we'll work through that. But I want to make sure we spend the second half of the show talking about what should this look like? What does the Scripture point us to? Uh, is the Scripture against dating? Should we go back to betrothals in uh, Jesus' day in the Old Testament? How do we approach this? Kind of a positive uh, look forward at, at dating as well as marriage. And there's a lot to get to there. There's our pastor at the summit church here in Raleigh, uh, JD Greer. I'll never forget this. This was years ago because <clears throat> there's a lot of young people, a lot of single people in that church. And he excoriates them about living together. So that, that comes up 
pretty often, interestingly enough. And then uh, I'll never forget this, Renton. He said, you know you're ready to date when you don't have to. Mm. Because now you're not. I've found my satisfaction in the Lord. Mm. I don't have to find it in some girl or some guy. Because nothing can withstand the weight of your worship other than the Lord himself. So if you try to go find somebody that can, like Jerry Maguire said, complete you, uh, not only are you going to be disappointed, but they're going to be hurt as well. Nobody wins. We're talking to Renton Rathbun, the problem of dating and marriage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, Theology Thursday, as it is each week with our friends at Bob Jones University and BJU Seminary, uh, Renton Rathbun, back in the house today. As we're talking about the problem of dating and marriage, and we've done a, uh, poked a lot of holes in it and looked at all the problems. Uh, and th- now we're going to kind of move forward. It, how, how do we incorporate what the scriptures teach us, biblical wisdom, into dating? And then how does that affect marriage? And and, and really, they're going to they're going to pull out of the same box of Legos. OK, so there's going to be some common themes here that Renton will help us understand. So you look at, okay, this, when you, if you're, if, if they're mature enough to start to date, uh, then what's the purpose of dating? And then how do you date somebody, uh, which is going to lead you into what are your expectations of marriage? And so we talked about several times Renton with, uh, Jerry Maguire, you complete me. And then, and I know you wanted to kind of talk about that because we got to look at where does the scripture take us when it comes to dating? Does the scripture forbid dating, it's just supposed to be an arranged marriage, which I don't have a huge problem with personally. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Now, I'll arrange my kid's marriage, but I don't want anybody to arrange my marriage. That's uh, right. <laughs> but but help us understand, uh, since this is Theology Thursday, what, what theology do we utilize to help us move down the road of wisdom when it comes to dating and eventually, of course, marriage? So when... In, in Jerry Maguire, that famous phrase, you complete me, was supposed to be super romantic. And that is, you know, if I were Satan, what I would do is I would take an inch of truth and let it conclude in a lie hmm. so that people will turn away from from the Lord. Um, in Ephesians 5, we learn the authority structure of a marriage where it talks about the husband being head of the wife and um, just as Jesus is head of the church. But before all that, Um, You look at Ephesians chapter 1, and it speaks of Christ this way, um, that God put all things under subjection, put all things in subjection under Christ's feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, I, that, that has been a mystery to a lot of theologians for a long time. What could it possibly mean that Christ's body is the church and actually is the fullness of Christ? Mm-hmm. I mean, how does Christ become full with a created thing? Right. Um, that's blasphemy to say that Christ needs that. So what we see is, a, is covenantal language in which in a covenantal situation you have— you ha- you have two parties and the two parties need each other within that covenantal situation as a completing of that covenant and as christ our covenant comes to us it's a sense in which 
he completes us. We complete him covenantally in that arrangement. And so that becomes one of the hardest things as parents. And that's where I think the real age is for, for dating. When we start getting our, our kids close to the idea that Christ is what completes you. Yes. That he's where you're going to find your joy. Place all your need for happiness on him and put all your expectations on him. And when they start understanding that, start getting that, and actually starting their fulfillment, starting to see their mm, fulfillment in yeah, that, that's, big. that's when I think dating is then becomes something they can start participating in because they're not going to use a person right. to try and complete themselves. Right. They have that. Now they're looking for a person to help them with the mission that God has for them. Um, I think that's the secret to a good marriage is finding a a good person that loves the Lord that you're attracted to that's willing to help you with the mission God has called you to do. Yeah, that's that that help meet and now a a a two have a better return for their work than one. So there's going to be mm. much more protect. It's not like one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals something greater than two. Uh, yeah. yeah. So when it comes to that line, you complete me. The question is, are you going to listen to Jerry? You're going to listen to Paul. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think we're going to listen to Paul. And that's why I mentioned what JD Greer had said before, you know, you're ready to date when you don't have to, you don't have mm. to date when you're, when you're, when you're finding, uh, and we're all going to fall short of this in this life finding your completion, your value in Christ so that I don't need you to complete me. I'm complete already. So right. you, you want to, do you want to, if you want to buy a new house, do you want to buy a new house that's 60% completed? And then you have to fix the rest of it when you move in? Yeah. Or would you rather have it be completed when you move in and then you can yeah. just enjoy it? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, that's a great metaphor. You're welcome. And that one just came out of nowhere, but that's the deal. So you want to walk into a, a marriage relationship where you need completing and it's the other person's responsibility to complete you. That's not yeah. loving. That's selfish, right? Yes. And it makes you focus completely on the house yes. instead of what the house was made for, which is a means to something else. And that's and that's that's exactly right. I mean, if we if if we find that we can find our completion in Christ, then marriage becomes this means to the mission God has called us to. When I was in seminary, um, you know, I was I was watching these young men who married for one reason and then felt they were called into the into the ministry and now are dragging this woman right. into ministry. And many of them did not want to go into ministry. Yeah. So if, if I'm going to go into ministry, here are my conditions. And the guy has to go through all these conditions. And it ruins his ministry because he's choosing between his wife or the, or the call oh, instead of bringing her with him. Yeah, that, that's, a great, that, that's a great way of looking at it, which I'm sure happens a lot in a seminary environment. is <clears throat> because it's like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to be equally yoked. Yes. which we know means believer to believer, but it also means uh, where are we going here? Just yeah. like the time to have the conversation about children is not after you get married. It's way before you even consider marriage, yes. which I know will freak some people out. You go, hey, uh, this is our fourth date. I'd like to discuss children. 
Well, yeah. well, if you're mature and they're mature and you're thinking the way that we're talking about, then that makes sense. That's a logical mm-hmm. conversation to have because why would you continue to date somebody if you can't agree on one of the most uh, important decisions in a marriage, which is, mm-hmm. do we want to have children? I want one. I want five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a pretty big difference in how you view things between a one-child mm-hmm. person and a five-child person. And yeah. and that, that can destroy a marriage. Yeah. You got to I mean, be careful. You think about Jim Elliott. Oh, man. Is there anything wrong with with a woman that needs a lot of attention? Maybe she used a lot of makeup. Maybe, you know, she doesn't like to be out in the woods for a long period of time, <laughs> things like that. She doesn't like camping. There's nothing wrong with a woman like that. But Jim Elliott couldn't, use, couldn't have a wife that couldn't go camping. He needed a woman that was going to follow him into the bush. Right. And And so that's going to lower, you know, the, the pool that he's going to be looking yes, towards. Definitely. An accountant can have, can have someone that can't go camping. Right, right, right. Yeah. There's, there's some wisdom there. I want to come back to this because you, you mentioned the word authority a lot. Uh, so, so let's go through that one because I, I know people are, uh, I had a conversation just the other day cause our 25 year old daughter's at home and uh, Caroline who'll be 19 was at home and we were talking about relationships and marriage. Something came up and I said, okay, well, you know, th- at some point this particular individual needs to be the head of the home. And I'm like, okay, did I just trigger you guys? And then my 25 year old daughter is like, no dad. I mean, you're assuming that's going to trigger me, but that doesn't trigger me that the man is supposed <laughs> to be the head of the home. I want a man that can provide. I want a man that that's a good leader. Um, mm. and, and, but, but that's, that, that's, what is that supposed to look like? Cause I don't even know that we think marriage, well, you know, don't have sex outside of marriage. Okay. But, but what about getting into a marriage when it comes to authority? Cause this gets dicey for a lot of people. And it, as a result of the fall, yes. I mean, it's just cursed right then and there. Yeah, that's right. So the, the biggest thing that I have found is that young ladies have either been sold, um, a lie or they've had a bad experience with a man who is overbearing and and a bully yeah and so what happens is they try to protect themselves and so how do you protect yourself well you protect yourself by by dating beta males or men that are very childish but funny and cute like like a like a ryan ryan reynolds Reynolds, yeah (laughs) and it's like and and they're harmless yeah they're absolutely harmless but harmless, harmless men who are weak and soft are going to end up being your child when you, when you marry them. And so what you've done is you've protected yourself from the bully, but now you have a child that you're going to have to raise, you know, who's supposed to be your husband, and he just married a mom. And so we, what we find is even in the dating situation, their expectation of what authority looks like needs to be very clear as to what this looks like in the marriage so you have a man that is strong enough to lead you but loves you enough to lead you in love mm-hmm. and that is and, and in Ephesians 5 it commands the man to love his wife because it's very hard for men to love their wives and we can talk about that at the next segment but then it tells the women to respect their husband because it's very hard for them to respect their husband. Yeah, such a great point. Talking to Renton Rep on the problem of dating and marriage and then the solution, which is in the scripture. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. Theology Thursday. We'll be right back.
right? Waiting for a war. That's why you don't want to mess up dating and marriage. You, you don't want to go into dating and marriage and then all of a sudden it becomes a war because you are looking for somebody to complete you. You have a consumer mentality. Uh, you mentioned before on the break, we're talking to Renton Rathman from Bob Jones University, the Center for Biblical Worldview. Uh, you mentioned the word competition. We didn't follow up on that. Uh, that was during mm -hmm. a break. So competition in a marriage, and I want to continue to talk about uh, what what the biblical picture is, because you were talking about Ephesians 5, and, and I want to make sure we go back to that. But I, I did want to follow up real quick on the competition thing. That competition could be a problem in a marriage. What, do you, what did you mean by that? So, I, you know, if you've ever noticed in your work, you know, where, where you work, uh, if there's competition going on um, and people trying to compete for credit or trying to compete for sales or whatever the competition is, uh, you'll find that loving your brother or sister uh, in Christ during competition is not, uh, I would even say, possible. <laughs> um, and and it happens in families uh, between brothers and sisters and families, but it also happens in marriage. And you can tell when competition is going on when you are having an argument and you're saying, this is what you'd have done to me. And the answer is, well, this I do that because you did this. Oh, got it. And then someone said, well, but you did this. And this this constant comparison really is a competition of of I'm actually uh, in the running for being the victim, not you. Nope, I'm in the running for being the victim, not you. And we 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 vie for victimhood between each other, and it's <laughs> this competition that, that will rip your marriage apart. Really. Yeah. Yeah, that's brutal when you think about mm -hmm. that. And again, now you're back to your me-centered. Yes. Now, now, especially with teenagers and with teenage girls in the classroom, I'm like, okay, let me remind you. You know, when Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? Trick question. Love the Lord with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. God never tells you to not take care of yourself. Which is why it's not a Christ-like thing to remain in the house with somebody that's abusing you. I'm not talking about a marriage, but get out of there. Yes. And and if it's a guy, which 95% of the time it is, uh, he needs his butt beat and the police called if he's touching yes. you. All right. So uh, we're not going that far. But, but this is something that's so important for people to understand so that we're on a good, solid footing and dealing with one another, especially in a marriage. But, but that if you don't do it right in dating – it's not like it's going to correct itself once you get into a marriage. Well, that's the truth. So that competition thing is so important. But back to Ephesians 5 and, and how we're supposed to kind of work through that from a marriage perspective and authority because the, the authority words come up a few times. Mm -hmm. Yes. So in Ephesians 5, it's it starts off um, towards the end of the chapter um, that we're not supposed – you know, it. well, let me put it this way. The beginning of chapter 5 says – be imitators of God. Well, what does that look like? Well, it means to be holy. So it goes through all these things of, you know, don't do this, don't do that. You want to be holy like Christ. Then it says um, right after that, you want to be wise because Christ is wise. If you're going to be like God, you're going to need to be, you need to have wisdom. So don't be filled with alcohol, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're supposed to sing to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and submit to each other. Well, then the question is, well, what does submitting to each other even look like? Well, I don't know that you can through. use the S word on Christian radio. 
Oh right. no! Submit. <laughs> We've been taken off the air already. <laughs> That's a dangerous <laughs> word, man. It's a, a submit. Oh yeah. So we're gonna have to well, deal with it, that. And it does say submit to each other. And people yes. are like, well, you know, what does that mean? So what Paul does is he'll make a general statement, submit to each other, and then he'll go through and says, okay, this is what that's going to look like. Uh, wives, you're going to submit to your husbands the way you submit to Christ himself. Um, masters and servants, servants, you're going to submit to your master. And children, you're going to submit to your parents. And that's what the that's what I mean by submitting to each other. Well, I hear a lot of people, especially young ladies before marriage, saying, oh, well, that's got to mean something else. Yeah. I can't, you know, it can't just mean I'm going to submit, you know, to my husband. I mean, what does that submit mean? And like you said, you know, people get really upset over the word submit. And what I would say to a young lady, if you're dating a young man that you are so, it bothers you a lot to think about submitting to him, then don't marry him. Don't marry him. Break up. Do you know? Give the speech. It's not you. It's me. Whatever you need to do, get away. <laughs> um, because the submitting thing is a command. Because we're supposed to look like Christ in the church. That's what the marriage is supposed to look like. And the church does not tell Christ to submit to them. The church doesn't say, uh, "Christ, this is how we're going to worship you," and you're going to submit to that. Um, Christ says, "This is how you are to worship, and this will please me." And this is how, and the church submits to it. And so what I see is a lot of young ladies, it's, I, I'm not convinced that they just are a bunch of feminists and hate submission. Yeah, yeah. I'm convinced that there's so many young men who are acting like children that when they're told to respect their husband, they're like, I can't respect this guy. He's a clown. I mean, he's, he's harmless and good looking and cute and funny and I like it. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna respect him. <laughs> right. He's an idiot. Yeah. But I, a lovable idiot. Right? Yeah. Buy a puppy dog. Yeah, that's right. Well, and that's why the command is there, to for men to love their wives because it's very hard for them to love their wives. It's very easy for us to respect our wives the way we respect our moms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. But it's very hard for us to love them because that takes a lot of work and sacrifice. And men hate to sacrifice. We hate to discipline ourselves, and we hate to do the work it takes to love. Women are told to respect their husband because it's very easy for a wife to love their husband. They don't have to respect their children to love their children. Right, right. Um, they can love without respect. Um, so the, the Bible doesn't say to, for them to love. That's going to come almost naturally to a woman, but not respect. Respect is something they need to see so that they can feel secure. And so how do you love your wife? You make her feel secure so that when they see that they need to to put the place themselves under you as an intelligent submission is what I call it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, intelligent submission is one that is not there just to just to say yes all the time and of course, dear, all the time. That's not that's not intelligent submission. Intelligent submission is someone that becomes the partner of that man to help him in ways that he can't understand because he's a man and they have intuition that we don't oh, have Amen. and intelligence that we don't have yes. that can be a real help to us as we try to lead. I mean, I think about my wife. I mean, everyone says, oh, Renton, you have all these degrees. You know, you're that's so amazing that you have all this, all, all this stuff. And I, and I tell them, I would have none of that if it weren't for my wife. Yeah. I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for my wife giving me the wisdom yes. that 
that came from her that I would have never thought of. I w- who knows where I would be without my wife. She, and yes, she submits, but it's Still an intelligent in the military. submission. Absolutely. <laughs> an intelligence submission is a kind of submission that that is that is the mind and and um, research work it takes to help this guy mm-hmm. who has been placed over you. Um, and I'll tell you, when you have that kind oh, of yeah. team going, door. yeah, that's what marriage is supposed to look like. Oh man, yeah, that's so beautiful. It's so accurate. I just mentioned to one of my classes this week. I'm like, okay, okay guys, listen. Uh, here's another freebie. I'm not going to charge you anything extra this semester. Uh, listen, it, when, if and when you get married, listen to your wives. Listen yes. to your wife. The, my life is so much better because mm. I've listened. I've listened to my wife most of the time. She feels okay speaking into situations because we're on the same team we're after the glory of god we're after the mission mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and she's got abilities and perspectives and mojo that you don't have mm-hmm. and you have to realize that and go okay uh, we actually are better as a team and then also now when we talk about the s word i'm like okay so if you're the more your husband acts like jesus christ are you telling me you would have a problem submitting to jesus christ if he's your boss like, would you have a problem submitting to him? I mean, this is a guy that loves you enough to die for you. He wants yeah. nothing but the best for you. He's pointing mm-hmm. out all the different ways that you should do things and the ways that you should not because he's so committed to you. That the jealousy of God, Elkanah, that the, if he's like that, are, are you telling me you have a problem submitting to Christ? Yeah. If he's like that, would you submit to him? Well, no, that, that would be easy. Yes. That's intelligent submission. Yes. It makes exactly. sense. And, and you're no longer just... It's no longer just what can I get out of this person or how can I, how can this person make me happy? Now it's, this is the mission. How can we get we, there together? How we, can you help me we. as the leader get to this thing over here? Yeah. We're not concentrating on whether we're making each other happy. God does that for us. How do we get over here together to yeah. serve the Lord together? And then the Lord does this wonderful thing and makes it fun because all the all the parts of marriage that are supposed to be the fun parts yeah. and the great parts become wonderful because because now you have a goal together and the and the parts of the of the intimacy and the joys of the holidays and the joys yeah, of that. of church then become hugely intensely exciting because you're no longer looking for that to make you happy you're looking for Christ to make you happy and then he gives you these extra blessings of happiness that make your make your um, marriage yeah a joy yeah a joy there's another s word you didn't say it you were alluding to it but you didn't say it I don't know if it's against the law in South Carolina <laughs> but the other s word that you were alluding to is sex That's you get right. that too God That's I think right. we oftentimes probably more often than not Renton settle for a lot less than what the Lord wants to give us. And that can certainly happen in our marriage, which can start with not really understanding dating. Such an important topic. Uh, Let me know how that goes on next week when you're preaching that (laughs) to a room full of young people. Renton, always great to have you on here. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise and your wisdom. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.